Sentire Media. Good morning there, podcast fans. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy. Today is the 2nd of October at 7.31 in the morning. And my name is Jason, and I'm joined by my wife, Ashley. Together, we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marcan Agriturismo Cooking School here in the heart of central Italy, a little town called Piobico, and we are ready. Fired up? Fired up the mics. Let's go. All right. This is a good podcast. No, no, no. You can't call it. You can't make declarations You're right. like that. That's I a think it's very be, subjective. Well, we've got a lot to go cover in this podcast. You tell everyone it's a good one and it comes out being shit. And wah, then, wah, wah, wah. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if I still declare it at the end. Okay. We got big news. We got big news. But let's first get into it. Autumn is definitely here. Um, it's, a be- it's cold and wet and crisp foggy. in the morning. Foggy. A little bit of rain here and there. Our drought isn't, while it's not over, it's definitely been raining. And the uh, streams are filling up and, and we're out of the woods, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of the woods, we were in there the other day, mushroom we, hunting, thanks to some of this uh, nice wet weather we're starting to get for the beginning of September. Truffles, uh, truffle season, white truffle season opened yesterday with the festival in Apecchio, white truffle festival. And um, while it, the season is open, there is not a lot happening. No, the truffles, we just had some guests go on a hunt and uh, they were few and far between, small um, kind of distorted in shape because the ground is so hard. Compacted. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, thank you. And um, they weren't that potent. I mean, the guests had a great time. It was a great experience. No, but, but they're not that great. Um, there are, however, behind our house, we went on Saturday. And we, yesterday. And yesterday. Um, porcini are all over the place mm-hmm. behind our house, which are nice. Um, we have to get to them quickly because the wormies seem to... Enjoy them as well. Yeah. <laughs> so when the mushrooms sprout up, you have maybe 12... 12 to 24 hours to grab them before the little tiny worms in the ground um, come from the base and dig their way all the way up through the stem to the top and ruin them. It's pretty gross. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of maggoty, but uh, you're like, mm, delicious mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> but it does. It does. It feels like fall. The wood should be arriving. Uh, it is. It's autumn here in Italy. I love it. My favorite, favorite time of year. Sweater season. Sweater season. All right. So after a year and a half of searching all over the... <sighs> high and low. High and low. All over the province of Pesaro Urbino here in Lovely Mar- Lamarque. We, it felt started to feel like Goldilocks. This was too big. This is too small. This house, um, you know, okay, this would be great for the guests. And uh, the guests would have beautiful accommodations. But Jason and I would have to... Uh, possibly live in the barn or in a pool shed. Like there was, it was always going to be, or our place was going to be great, but the guests accommodations were like, I don't know. It looks like they threw up a plywood wall to make a bathroom in here, but our place would be sweet (laughs) or, or the property was huge and maybe it was a beautiful, um, house and structure itself. But we looked at one property and it came with, Acres and acres of truffle forest, and we didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, this lady was so proud of her tr- the, these trees that she planted that um, you don't cultivate the mushrooms, but you make the environment hospitable for them to spontaneously grow, I guess. And you can seed the the area around these spe- these trees with um, truffle with the spores, and hopefully it'll just do it. 
Um, but she was very passionate about it. And the time she took to put this in and the years of cultivating it and um, just being very delicate and watering and all of this. And we just looked at each other and thought, oh, my God, we're not prepared to do that and to continue that. Like the house, I mean, we could have worked with this lady probably and the house was beautiful. But it's also having the reality we don't want to bite off more than we can chew, you know, just because, yes, it's beautiful, but we don't want to kill a truffle forest <laughs> because we don't know what we're doing. So we moved on. We keep looking. So through all of this, what we finally realized is that we have a um, ingrained sense that we must move and keep being – I don't know. It's very interesting. I don't know if it's American or if, if it's being an American or if it's – our personalities themselves but it seems like every eight years we feel like we've got to move mm-hmm. um and we have throughout our lives we have but after the search of, like jason said a year and a half we realized we loved coming home here we lo- the, the grass isn't always the, greener the grass is not always greener and to settle on something else that wasn't as didn't have the same feeling as co- listen this is not the taj mahal where we live there are many problems here however it's our pro you know it's it's like it's our shit store exactly Um, well we realized we would be like i said making concessions at other places and or we knew we would need to um update the next property in one form or another whether it's the beds or who knows there's a there every house came with its own bag of tricks exactly so after all of this searching and driving around and wasting time and hundreds of coffees with people we don't really want to do business with or finding a place that was like all right this place works but if the price is right we'll do it let's see getting hit over the head with these ridiculous sums of money that these Italians wanted because they saw that we have a business that is successful. So now, for example, most yeah. Italians, if they, local people say, come, we've heard this all the time. They're doing it for a prova, a try. So the, 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 um, the landowner, the house owner will say, come try it out for a very reduced price for a year or two. If it works, great. If not, you walk away. No one's a- offered us a try. No one has offered us a prova. I was like, Jason, we're getting quoted double and triple what we expected in a market that this does not call for and properties where it's unjustified. Why are we not getting a prova? I don't get it. And I think it is that they... They either do. knew who we were or saw our website and got a little cunning and well, not cunning, stupid, stupid, thought they were being cunning. Yeah. You can't ask for a quarter of the property price in rent per year and expect me to say, <laughs> oh, okay. That sounds I, fair. I know. Um, so the good, so what we found out through this whole thing is that we, it ain't, who's got it better than us. That's what Gaji says. That's what Gaji he says. He was so happy. He said, Lassie's come home. <laughs> uh, in a, so, uh, I keep saying the word. So I have to stop saying, so I noticed that in my cooking classes, when I, instead of like, like the Italians will do Allora or quindi or dunque, which is their so, or, um, kind of, or segues, segues. My segue is either, uh, which is very intelligent sounding, or so. 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 <laughs> so. So, if you hear that, please smack your forehead like that every time you hear a drink. Maybe it could be a drinking game. I know. Well, we're so, someone's going to be listening to this on the subway, and they just start hitting themselves over and over again. Um, yes. In conclusion. In conclusion. We are staying here at Kakamone. We're never leaving. We're never leaving. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we will home. We will take the money. Yeah. yeah, we'll take the money that we would have spent moving and getting the new place up to the standard that we want, and just put it back into Kakamoni. Even though we don't own the house, it just it we own the, we work a business out of here, and things that that um, standards that we have aren't necessarily those of of the the area for this type of, or even the standard of our landlord or who yours could be one day that they don't see the same value of adding X, Y, or Z. Maybe they think the beds are good enough. Well, you got to do that on your own then, folks, because you're the one running the business out yep. of there. And if you know that your clients want this type of bed, the Towns will sit on it and be like, there's nothing wrong with this <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's shit. It's shit. Well, let's talk about some of the things we we're planning to do. Hopefully, we'll get to most of these this winter, but the big one is... The kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen's got to. <clears throat> kitchen's got to go. Sorry. I'm really excited. Um, when we moved in, uh, I think year two. So we've been at Kakamoni ten years. So eight years ago, we put in a new stove, a new oven, and a new cap into the kitchen. The hood. Um, those are now just used up. Done. Done. Um, when you get a uh, when one buys a regular kitchen and puts it into a commercial application, it definitely shortens the lifespan of everything. Oh, big time. <laughs> so those are pretty cooked. The oven, I think I'm going to try to um, replace some parts and save and like make a um, f- make a, a frame out of it and put it on wheels so I have a second oven. Mm-hmm. I can always just plug it in. But um, this, we're ripping it out. We're ripping out that whole. If anyone's been, if you've been here, and that whole wall where it's the sink, the stove, the oven, the cap, all that, it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the process of planning it out right now and figuring out what we want to do because it's now like a clean. It's a clean slate. Well, something really uh, probably no one is interested in, but is wild to me, and I think to you as well. The, what is going on with these professional kitchen or these professional or semi-professional ovens with only one rack? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people enough people on the list who listen to this podcast cook, and you just think, too like it doesn't even make sense to have North one. American ovens like are the, huge. Are huge. So are the North American refrigerators, dishwashers, uh, washing machines. Ovens are gigantic. So that's why I brought that up because it's something for you guys listening to think about if you're planning to move out here at some point. Things like a turkey in the oven. I remember my girlfriend Teresa, who was living in southern Italy, was in a regular Italian apartment and. She played holy hell cooking anything in a tiny oven and didn't understand how to even – she couldn't even fit half of her pot, pans in yeah. there. Her cookie sheets I don't think fit. So, so going professional in a domestic setting has several challenges. One is um, powering it. Whether we're powering it with gas or electricity, um, gas takes, a, I believe, a bigger gas hookup than the regular standard hookup for the home. Because you obviously the burners are bigger and there's more of them, so you need more power. Um, and secondly, if your oven is, um, uh, yep, hit your head. Uh, if your <laughs> oven, if your oven is electric, then you need three. Most of the commercial equipment uses three phase four hundred volt current, which is commercial, like what you'd find in a factory or something. For those who have no idea what that is, if you've walked into a kitchen, it's the blue plugs. Those big, chunky blue plugs. You'll see the ones <laughs> that they plug into like RVs or it plugs into um, any kind of machinery, whether it's woodworking machinery or metalworking or any kind of big machinery uses usually uses three-phase 400 volts. Um, what else would use that? 
I don't know. Well, anyway, luckily, <laughs> Fushiani, he, he's a, he's a, uh, he has his meat and cheese warehouse, and they all, all the trucks and everything uses three phase four hundred volts. So we do have it at the house. However, it's not wired into the panel. Which so this is classic. Why pull it all the way here? I pay for it. I see it on my electric bill every week it's that it classic. says. You are paying for the base service of 400 volts three-phase. Oh, and just on a side reminder, this was the same house that, sure, they thought I had to pull that, but never connected the um, caps in the rooms for the no. stoves. Just just uh, two, just live wires <laughs> laying next to the wires for that. Sh- yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> It's just brilliant. Uh, um, Sorry. So we were talking about the kitchen. Yes. Um, so my next call will be to um, Massimiliano, the electrician, and see if he can – what the deal is going to be for pulling the three-phase from where it is, where, it, where the power arrives in the little cabinet up at the top of the driveway, pulling it down here, which is a good run. It's about 100 meters. Yeah. We'll see how far it is. We will see. And maybe they have conduit already laid, so if they're smart – when they first pulled the wire from there to the house. They set it all up. They set it all up. Usually they leave a couple of strings in there and you tie one string to the wire and the other string you just start pulling, you know, the other end mm-hmm. of the string and it'll pull the wire through that line if they're smart. Usually they leave two or three strings so you can do that. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's plan one. Um, the n- plan two is to liberate space for us in order for us to be more. Uh, we needed space. Yeah. That was a big part for us moving. We have our cute little cassette, our little mini house out here, the little cottage house from afar. It is so charming, this little stone house. However, inside, I think that we had more room in our apartment in Brooklyn because these stone walls are still a meter thick inside here. This was like a little, um, I used to think it was a hay barn, but I think um, he told me it was for the pigs, um, which I wouldn't be surprised and makes sense. But um, it's kind of a little loft up top, two rooms downstairs in the bathroom and um, in the middle of... What's down there right now? I was just going to say, when the season is rocking and rolling, we don't have storage space in this house and right now... Uh, in our downstairs is three beds, a, a crib, bed, a crib, wine, uh, uh, cases, stack, of wine. cases of wine, like 10 cases of, um, beautiful verdicchio. It also holds, um, very expensive, uh, camera equipment, very expensive camera equipment. There's also probably 24, is it 24 or 20, um, Rubbermaid totes stocked up to the wall. Yeah. We have yeah, <laughs> a big, huge Rubbermaid blue totes with the lids for, for storage. Those are stacked mm-hmm. to the ceiling. You can get down the stairs in our place, shimmy around the beds feed the cats, and leave. There's not a lot of room. So this was a huge one for us. We needed space, and we need a little more space for our quality of life. And Jason found a solution. For the money, for, for the money per square foot, you cannot build a structure cheaper than getting a cargo container. A cargo container is those big shipping containers you see on the ocean-going ships that bring all that crap from China. Slash, it's the hip, it's the hottest hipster housing. It is a hot hipster option. housing option. Well, I don't want a house out of it. I just want to plunk it down and fill it with stuff um, because. If I build a structure that size, which is 12 meters by 3 meters or 40 feet by 8 feet or something, um, you would need permission from – because now that's a huge structure. That's a big structure. You would have to ask you know, um, yeah. permits and all that. And secondly, I cannot physically buy the material it would mean. Forget about the labor and the permissions. The, for the price. I mean, the, the, the cargo containers are very cheap in for what you get. 
Um, the problem we're running into is where how to bring it because <laughs> we live down six kilometers of a dirt road and then up a real crappy driveway. And the driveway is probably a quarter. Please say a quarter mile. Or do you have any idea what a quarter mile is? Do you, okay, one lap around a high school track is a quarter mile. I didn't ever go around a high school track. We Holy didn't have a track shit. at Blanchett. Holy shit. We had Green Lake. Ashley, we didn't have a track. Ashley is, I'm horrible. She is at distances, weights, <laughs> measures, any and of population. That, and population. Incredible. Incredibly accurate. <laughs> yeah, our quarter mile driveway. Quarter kilometer? How far is it? No one uses a quarter kilometer. It's 100 meters. It's 100 meters out the driveway. All right. It's just kind of stupid for some reason. I, I look at, our driveway's like a quarter mile. No, Ashley. Um, How'd you know that's what I was going to say? Because I know. <laughs> We're strong on facts here, folks. Like we said. Anyway, say. it's really steep. It's, it's, and at the end of the season every year, since um, our guests are not used <laughs> to driving manual transmissions nor driving on a um, loose gravel hill they will gas it as they go up this and just spin the tires just spin the shit out of the tires so so therefore like what should i use instead of so like like (laughs) like then it no um therefore sure that makes me sound like an asshole which which is worse therefore or france (laughs) (laughs) therefore uh, every year we have to have one of our neighbors come with the tractor and grade it out. Um, how is a giant 18-wheeler with 3,700 kilos worth of cargo container going to get up that hill? And then we have to pick it up with a crane and place it very precisely on four pylons that I will be making f- to support it at each corner because this thing's heavy and it's on soft dirt. If you don't make either a foundation of cement... Um, I've seen three, many different ways. I won't bore you with the details. We're going to make pylons, four pylons, one at each corner. Because even the, the house is kind of built up on a little bit of a soft hill, if you will. Um, no. Um, or how would you say it? Like, like there's just softer, softer. It'll compact with the weight. Okay. Of the, it's not that it's, it's rock. Okay. It's, it's 30 centimeters down is rock. Okay. Oh, well, I was thinking cause on the other side, how it just drops off, but yeah, it's, it's rock, rock okay. there too. Um, my problem is getting the the crane up here to pick it up and yep. place it down accurately on that. So those are things we have to work out. Uh, the plan is to um, prepare the site this winter and then first thing in the spring to get the get the container. Because we will move our – once we close down, we'll close down the apartments in the house. Now we just move all of our crap into, a, into an apartment and we do get it out of the way for the winter. But it's not a solution. No, it's just It's a shuffle. It's a shuffle. Every four months or six months we have to move all this crap from our place to an, into an apartment. And then when the spring comes, we have to take all that crap and move it back. It's a total waste of time. It's totally inefficient. No, it's really interesting because when you look at these big old houses, it's like, wow, look at all these rooms, this and that. There's an outdoor kitchen. There's a cantina. Well, the cantina isn't water safe. The outdoor kitchen has two bathrooms. We use one of the bathrooms as storage. And during the fall and winter, the second bathroom becomes outdoor storage as well. It's just something to consider when you're looking no at closets. and no closets in these big old stone houses. So it's, uh, it might not seem like much, but when you're looking at properties in Italy, depending on what you want to do with it, storage can be a real thing. Um, 
and to be creative with where you're putting things, whether it's the linens or the um, cleaning supplies or Jason wants a shop or, like, for us, just extra shit. <laughs> or your storage area will be extremely damp. And mm-hmm. anything you put in there, forget about putting – we're not even talking cardboard boxes. That is totally out of the question. We've gotten rid of – we went from cardboard to paper. We learned. I mean, we learned We quickly. got burned bad. Bad. When you open up your boxes and all the papers are just molded. And, Everything. Oh, weird. And – or – or mice or, or rodents get into there. So you have to have everything in sealed totes. Um, it's the country. It's the country. Yeah. So your, your storage, you might be like, oh, look at this huge area. And it's like, uh-uh, you ain't, you're not storing nothing down here. Well, And it's not something you think about when you're walking through these houses, to be honest. So just throwing it out there, put it in the back of your head. But so we got lots more projects, too. Kitchen. Storage. Those are the main Those two. are the main two. And then, of course, we're going to do a lot of other projects around the house and hopefully the stone and the shutters. And Jason and Gaji were very adorable yesterday uh, sitting out watching over the garden and thinking, starting to make their plan for next year. Oh, raised beds for, raised mm-hmm. beds for next year. I'm going raised beds. I, I think I'm going to do it over two years. Um, do maybe four of them next year and another four the year after. And we're going to raise beds and a freaking drip system. Yep. I'm not sitting out there with a tube in my hand for three hours a day. That is insane. Correct. So we're staying. <laughs> we're staying. Lots of, pro- lots of projects, lots of things to do this winter. Um, I'm, um, it's good. Now I get to buy a oh, bunch of tools. Oh, we didn't even mention one other reason that was a considering factor for staying that is more a bureaucratic side. Um, it, we are working on our citizenship, and we've talked about that before, but it is um, basically the final say is the local questora in this tenure. What's the questora? The local police. So 10 years of living here, then you can apply for citizenship, then they have three years to reply. I don't know what goes on in those three years if your paperwork just sits there, if they're investigating what it is, but... All of this gets sent, of course, to, you know, the region and blah, 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 and the state. But it all comes down to the local police station. They have the final... Which, actually, I really like. Wouldn't you rather have it be your local police station than just some federal office who doesn't know you at all? This is so Italian. (laughs) I think it's nice. And so we know them. We know everyone They know us. They've been to our house. I'm hoping when they see our... Our packet come across. It's, it's just, just like, stamp. stamp. Okay. The Americans are citizens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stamp. And it's a sim- it doesn't sound like much, but that, that was a, another real good contributing factor of why we wanted to not only stay in this area, but right very local. So we stayed real local. <laughs> very local. Um, um, there you go. I switched it up. Uh, the beginning of Via Candeliano, our, our road, they've begun grading and... This, this should be... We should get our jingle for the local gossip. This is exciting, guys. The no local, one's care. Local gossip. No one cares. Uh, our road, six kilometers via Candeliano, <laughs> that runs along the Candeliano River, is looks like the war, Second World War came through two weeks ago. It is rutted out uh, holes. It's it's crumbling where it is asphalted. It's absolutely. I'll put crumbling. part of the video that I shot for Fushiani on the blog. It's not going to be entertaining for anyone. Slightly long, but you'll see. Oh, that's a crappy oh, road. That that's a, a that's a, that's what I'd call a shit road. Anyway, the other day we see all this, all these big heavy equipment beginning to gather at the beginning of the road. It's like no way, no way, no way. Do they actually <laughs> pave the road in the in the way it should be done, or do they actually first fix the side part, the the channels that take the water away? So even if you do redo the road, it will just wash away because you haven't fixed the channels on the side of the road where the water goes. No. However, they did grade it, 
put down crushed rock again and then sprayed it with with asphalt. So mm-hmm. it's this weird like spray. It's so much. It's not asphalt. No, it's, and they only did it quarter mile. <laughs> no, they did it exactly to the mayor's house. I know. The mayor of Piobico has three houses that hold all. He's in the refugee business. Um, well, I don't even want to touch that, but that's what, uh, uh, he has these three houses and they're right at the beginning. I would say maybe 500 meters in and they redid the road to his house and stopped. And that's just so funny. I know it's graded. It looks like they cleaned continuing to, uh, past Valter where the honey guy is for those of you who know our road, (laughs) but we'll see what happens today. It's Monday. If those trucks come back, if this was just a tease, I don't know, but I got pretty excited because Fushiani, um, our landlord had me make a little video and we need to go have him voice it over, but he likes to do it the dramatic Italian shameful way. Yeah. He likes shaming, which I like, which, which actually works much better. So if they don't continue this, um, uh, you, I wouldn't even call it pavement. Um, if they don't continue... No, they've done it the cheapest way they possibly... So instead of just laying down the crushed rock, which is what they've done for 10 years, now they're adding a little little pee-pee of... Uh, little pee-pee <laughs> of... <laughs> it is like it's just a little pee-pee. Like, I guess their theory is that they'll put this, this on there and it'll like seal it down, but that's not going to happen. You have no. trucks that weigh <sighs> thousands and thousands of kilos. You have giant like combine tractors going down this road. You have... It's a, it is a country road, but like Jason's saying, this is more than a logging road, more than a farming road. Like It's a cut through between two towns. So if you're coming from Urbania and you want to go to Apecchio, you can cut through our road and it takes 10, 15 kilometers off the roundabout way to get to there. Our road is traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was fixed, it would be beautiful. I would go so fast. Oh, my God. I would haul God. ass. Oh, my God. Part, I think part of it is so people can't go that fast because I go fast down that road now. And uh, I've destroyed the red car. Our little Hyundai. The shitbox. I think she's done. Oh, she's got a real shaky ass. She's, she just, she's her, on the pavement now, the whole front end, <laughs> as we go down the road, it's getting dangerous. It is. And I need a four new tires. I don't know if I really want to spend the money on four new tires. Looks like we're going to have to drive the new car. Okay. <laughs> Why would we do that? Moving on. So, yeah, you can find us here at Kakamone at our beautiful little slice of paradise for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Six more weeks of the season of our season uh, left, and we have a lot going on during the next six weeks. Yes. Well, like Jason said, we kicked off um, October with the Truffle Festival in Apecchio. We've been mushroom hunting like mad the last uh, week now that the weather has been right for it. And next week, no, in two weeks is the um, Motorcycles and Mushrooms in Sant'Angelo and Vado, one of my absolute favorites, the Moto Roduna, um, which we have up on a video of. But we've got our fall foraging, our, I think our gourmet getaway, our three nights, Thursday through October. I think um, that's full. Thursday through Sundays are full. Our Feel Like a Local Fridays have been a blast going to the market and all of that and lunch and porchetta. Um, and the second um, consulting workshop for October sold out. So we are announcing we have our third workshop, November 9th through 13th on how to move to Italy and start a business. Now, for those of you who are thinking about retiring or getting a holiday house here, it is just as important and valuable for you guys because I would say... 60% 60% of the workshop is in the preparation part. It's, it's, it's a mental game. It's, uh-huh. And it's getting yourself prepared. The actual 
w- w- um, when you get here, whether you're setting up shop for a business or setting up shop to become retired and just live here, a lot of the same things apply. You're still setting up a account with the NL uh, for power. You're still getting gas. You still get a bank account. You still do all these things. The only thing is you get to chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go to work. Exactly. But we break it into three phrases, the preparation, transition, and execution. And I got to say, I think we do a pretty good job with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. She don't think we do shit, huh? No. Thank you. That's well, nice. I was talking to some guests who have been here before, and they were really surprised to find out that we have like our presentation, like PowerPoint slides, and that we've got little video clips and things that we show, and that we really put some time and effort into it. And I think that... <laughs> Actually, you're supposed to. I know. No, that's what I'm saying. I think they were surprised that we took it so seriously. And that's what I'm trying to say is, yeah, we do take this seriously because it is a huge life choice to decide to move to Italy and there's a lot involved. So it's not just a rinky-dink workshop like, come out, we're going to just tell some stories. Let's drink some wine and hang out. We're going to – the best part is I think too is – the combination of Jason and I where I like to um, be the dreamer, passionate, and push you towards those goals. And Jason likes to pull coals in it and a bit more of the reality of the situation at hand. And I think it's a great mix for anyone who's thinking about moving out and to get either those questions answered, to have a dose of that reality, and before you start spending a lot of money and energy. November 9th through the 13th. It's not that far away. No. So if you are interested, do not hesitate. Just do it. Just do it. Well, you'll always, there'll always be one day. You, with these things, you just have to kind of say, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a perfect segue into what we did yesterday, which is. is an example of just saying, all right. Exactly. Every Friday, we go to Apecchio for Feel Like a Local Friday. And part of the Apecchio trip, uh, part of the Apecchio tour is the market. And at the market, there's um, Mattia. Mattia. Um, is the porchetta guy and his family owns La Rovere which is, La Rovere is a type of oak tree and uh, he goes around to markets and festivals and sells the porchetta. If you've followed any of our porchetta videos or he's photos, on he's constantly time. on it. <laughs> From the be- uh, beginning of the summer, he's talking about wanting to go skydiving in Fano and take his girlfriend skydiving. We should go skydiving and he has a whole group. We should go, we should go, we should go. So I keep telling him, yes, yes, let me know, let me know. Finally, this Friday goes, we're going Sunday. Are you in? And I've been say, telling him yes the whole time. And it was something like he caught me off guard like, no, I can't go Sunday. And it's like, why can't I go Sunday? <laughs> abs- kitchen's closed on Sundays. There's, you know, we, he, we're going at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. There's no reason why I can't go. And I said yes. So Ashley had the same, the same reaction, which was, whoa, I'm not pre- – Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't whoa. prepared for wasn't this. I was mentally prepared. I go, Ash. <laughs> We've been talking about this for months. I was like, you're right. We have. No joke months. It's just, it's been, we're going, we're going. It's never been a firm date. Like the first of October we're going. Because then you would mentally prepare. So Friday it was like, yeah, we're going. We get home. Ashley's like, you're not serious, are you? I'm like, why not? We've always wanted to do it. Like, let's just go. So we went. And um, it was great. It was an experience that I could say I've done. And I'm, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It was it was really interesting. And I loved the plane, the plane most of all. Of course you did. Um, you know, Pilatus PC-6. And it was, it was a really nice plane. Um, the feeling of jumping out of an airplane is um, very interesting. And it only lasts for a moment or two. And then you have no sense of falling or anything. Um, 
Ashley got spun around. I was going to say, that was your story. Ashley's, I definitely... Ashley's got... My guy was much more... No, I wouldn't say boring, but he was much more just, you know, we're going to jump, we're going to do it, we're going to land, we're going to live. I had, I had guy, the wise guy. He had the wise... Ashley had the jokester, like... You could tell, um, Red Bull, like totally, like you could tell he was an instructor, something like that. My he, guy was an instructor too. He was too, absolutely. I don't know, mine was just better. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, he was so good. He, he was so good that he asked Ashley halfway down if she likes roller coasters. She said yes, and he spun the shit out of her till he she puked on the ground. I did. It was, but it was fun, and I got to feel like I was doing it pretty hardcore. And my guy let me pull the strings. Her guy did let her steer. My guy did not let me steer He's at like, all. Pull down left. Push up right. I was like, yes. But um, the, the, it was weird to see Jason drop out of a plane because I went last. And to see him go, it was like, what? Like, baby carrots. <laughs> like, just like, true. And then to jump out was kind of a weird sensation. Um, I think, honestly... It was more that my neck was so goddamn cold. I had this like scarf thing on it that kept sc- oh, yeah. sliding up my face, and that was uncomfortable. And it was freezing. We jumped at um, four thousand two hundred meters, which is a, a, over twelve thousand feet. As it was st- starting to rain, it and was, the clouds were coming we were in. in the cl- it was really cool that was cool. We were in the clouds, and as you descend through the clouds, the clouds are made up of ice crystals, tiny, tiny, tiny little ice crystals. And as you're falling through. The, the underneath your chin, these little ice crystals hit you, and it feels like needles. Exactly. So my neck felt like I was being like, pound, like yeah, just ding, 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 ding. So you have no sense of anything. It's just like being in a gray, white. Exactly, because we were in the clouds. We were in the clouds. So once you lose the airplane, once the airplane goes away, you have no sense of falling away. There's no feeling. What you know, the only thing you feel is the resistance of the air. What would it be? I wonder how it would have been if it was a clear day. Uh, once you lose the airplane, you have no sense. Your body no, can't. If, like, no. Like, visually. Because no. since we were in the clouds, visually no. it's all grayed you out. You can't see anything. Okay. You can't. You don't have any sense of... Like, when you're flying in a little airplane, you don't have a sense of how fast the earth is moving by until you get down towards the ground and land. And then you're like, holy no, shit, we couldn't we're moving. even see the ground. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the ground doesn't move when you're falling from 12,000 feet. All right. It doesn't move that quickly. Uh then it was once the shoot gets pulled. It's really uh, the silence. I really mm-hmm. like it. The quiet is really nice. It's a very odd feel. It's very odd to be. It's so quiet, and all you hear is the whoosh of the of the air coming through. Landing was cool because we do the same typical approaches when when we're flying regular airplanes, which is a downwind, uh, crosswind, downwind, um, base, and final. And there was no wind at when we landed, which is not a good thing because the wind will hold you up and make your landing a little bit softer. So we kind of slid as we came in. It wasn't fast or dangerous at all. He knew it was going to happen. It was shockingly like it was really shockingly slower at the moment of impact, if you will, at the moment of landing than I expected because we were coming down hot and heavy. We were coming down. And he was. Fast, I kept yeah. raising my feet, and he was like, "Not yet. We're coming too fast. Don't raise your feet yet." And then I did the, it again. You need the because he was like, "It's five seconds till we do it." Or, or when I give when we're five seconds to landing, I'll tell you. And I kept thinking, we must be five seconds. We must be five seconds. And he's like, nope, keep the legs down, keep the legs down. And then once he set up, it was like it was obviously like five seconds. The guy knows what he's talking about, but it was very gentle. Yeah, it's a flare. It's mm-hmm. really interesting how you land with a parachute. The same way you land with an airplane, you set up an approach. You have a certain de- uh, descent angle that you're looking for. They come in a little bit more S-y turns to kind of bleed off speed. 
um, which we don't do in a plane unless we screw up the approach. And, <laughs> you um, hope you're not doing that. Yeah. And then right when you're, when you're, I would say, two or three feet off the ground, they flare, which means they kind of pull down on both, cor- both of the cords, which kind of puffs up the, uh, the um, parachute, and it makes you kind of float. And if you get your speed right and the flare right, you just kind of float down and you just can w- kind of hit the ground and walk, like kind of fast walk. We didn't have any wind pushing us, keeping us, uh, keeping our descent down. So we come down hot, which means we have to flare and float a while, which means we're, we have to go faster because there's no air pushing you back up. It was, mm-hmm. it was the whole thing was very, it, the flying is flying it is what it's taught me is whether you have a parachute attached to you or if you're in an airplane, it's, it's the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Never, uh, I don't. I have no desire to do it again. No, but it was a hardcore group that was there. Oh yeah, it was our a buddy um, Mattia. It was their first time also, but everyone else that was there. First of all, there's like campers. There's little cabins. People like there were guys in the squirrel there. There was guys in the squirrel suits. Yes, I, I can't believe it. They were talking about how people get obsessed in the summer and they'll just live at this place for the month of August and jump as often as they can. Um, one guy had a. Um, hot dog landing, if you ask me. Oh my god, this one guy who <laughs> came in real hot and right kicked the trees at the end of the um, at the apron, right at the uh, there's there's these trees and he came right over the top of them, kicked the tree and broke a. Bro- I was like, holy crap! And you could hear <laughs> it was like a whole. Um, but oh everyone gosh. seemed to know that guy. He was like a pro or something. Mm-hmm. He had ten thousand jumps. So yeah, that- yeah, they were actually saying there were some famous people there. Like, we so know. here's what we realized: <laughs> as you do this more and more, you have to up the ante. So. Um, you start sports, tandem. You you start tandem, and you just jump out, fall, pull the chute, swing back and forth a little, Yay. and land. Okay, that's great. But after a while, that gets boring. So what do you have to do? Well, you go by yourself, and you do, and then that gets boring. So then what do you do? Well, then you fall out, and you do all these spins and tricks and all that kind of stuff. But after a while, that gets boring. So you have to keep on upping the ante till you're like these guys that we went up with who get let off. They get they uh, a group of four men who are obviously pros. They had all the gear and everything. And they were they've done this a hundred times. They got off very, They got off lower than us and do some kind of acrobatics and wait until the last possible moment to pull their shoots. Whatever is the legal limit, like that you must pull it by. That's when they pull it and. Now you're getting it, and then that gets boring. And then you go like what this guy does, which is come in as fast and as hard as you can and see if you can judge it right, pull up your chute, flare, and and still land. Bullseye. Bullseye. So I could see why it gets more and more. You up the, you personally up the ante every time. It's not that sky – of course, it can not open and you splat on the ground, but you can walk across the street tomorrow and get hit by a bus. I think that the danger come is self-inflicted when you start mm. having to get that rush. Just simply jumping out of the plane doesn't do it anymore. No. I'll take flying with you. That was a, that's enough of a rush yeah, for me. I didn't find it as – I thought it would be much more um, emotional or, or much me more – well, um, Yeah, I, I, like so much more exhilarating. Like yeah, I thought I'd be like – um, I had to remember to breathe at the very beginning because I thought, okay, uh, sometimes I concentrate too much. I did that with scuba diving too. It's like breathe, breathe. And then it was fine. And then um, the landing, I'm not good on the teacups, baby. And the spinnies just got me. And that's, that's your guy. That was my guy. And we came down hot. And we came down hot. Um, and after we landed, yeah, I thought I would have this like real emotional thing or, or even get choked up before we did it or after. 
um, just being a little spastic. <laughs> um, none of it. The only choking up was the puking up. And that was just because I had too much stew for lunch, I think. <laughs> to Jason Amelia shouldn't have gone back for some more stew. Thank God. I did not have a beer beforehand. Well, it's something that I can now say I did. Mm-hmm. Um, if It's not that I'm opposed to doing it again. If anyone's like, I really want to go skydiving, we'll take me, we'll take me. Or say we're in some beautiful other country where it's like, oh my gosh. Like, it's, to see this view and to do this, you know, you, and in the same kind of situation. Do you want to go? If someone offered it like that, it'd be like, all right, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, like we're going, we're going or whatever. But it's not something that I probably will seek out. To no. Do. I found it much more um, mentally, physically challenging and nerve wracking to fly an airplane than to jump out of one. Well, because you don't have to think. Well, you still have to think because you want to make sure you're doing your, your like uh, arch right or things like that and not break your legs as you land. But yeah. You get to let the other guy do all the thinking. Yeah, in that- fact, Jason had a hard time letting this guy do the thinking. I was just asking him questions. He told you at one point, I gotta focus. <laughs> as we're coming down, as we're coming down with the shoot, I see him like maneuvering and doing the things, and I start asking him, okay, so you're changing the camber of the wing by pulling down on the left and the right side, which dips the wing and produces more drag, and that's how you turn. And yeah, we're starting to talk about it, and then all of a sudden he says, I'm sorry, we cannot talk anymore. I have to concentrate on the landing. <laughs> I'm trying to get a freaking lesson up there. Oh, my God. I love it. So we did something different. We crossed something off our bucket list and totally spontaneous, something we've always wanted to do and talk about. Enough, though. We've drawn on for 20 minutes about freaking skydiving. No, and I was going to say, and you, too, can do the same by joining our How to Move to Italy workshop. (laughs) That's shameful. That was. All right, we're going to have to wrap it up. We've got guests that are waking up for breakfast. Breakfast and, um, today, we're supposed to be cleaning out the bottom uh, and organizing of our place, but it is a wet, foggy morning, so I don't know if it's really a day to take everything we own down oh, there really and put it outside. To. I know. If the grass is wet, we're going to have to get the, we got plastic. Yeah, but the, the air is wet. We'll see. We'll see. All there's right. plenty of other... There's plenty of other stuff we can do anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this bad boy up no we'll be announcing our 2018 calendar coming up soon so stay tuned for that lots of um stay tuned tuned. (laughs) just can't kick this uh fall cough but otherwise no we are rocking and rolling kakamone we're here we're here we're never leaving all right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. All right, bring it home. Was this a good podcast? Not really. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. I'm bored with my own you, podcast. You do at the end. All right. It's time for another cafe. You can find us at latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at La Tavola Marque. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, check out our website for any of the details for the rest of this fall and what's to come in 2018. Yeah, send any questions, comments, concerns that you have. I don't know. We, we get them. Oh, shoot. Can we really quick? We did have a question about the podcast. Someone had written to us and asked about the follow-up to the story from like two years ago of a death in town. Oh yeah, and I just okay, so sorry. This is, this is a this is kind of a dark little uh, someone. And yeah, super we, random, but we should just address it. We got a we got an email that someone that about two years ago there was a man from Montenegro, mm-hmm. Montenegro, and he um, went missing, and his they both went missing. Him and his wife. It comes to find out that this is a little gruesome. So if you want to turn this off, I don't. I don't. He killed her. He put her. He 
did he chop her up or just shove her in a shove well? Shove her. He shoved her into a well in in like one of these ruined houses and took back off for Montenegro. This was here in Piobico. The only reason we're bringing it up because someone asked what the follow up was. The yeah, story. What so it wasn't a great follow up. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. No, and it was crazy. They had all the rescue crews and they stuff. Were, once they, they found were go- yeah, well, they were going through like the, the were, river, the river, and everything. And they, they, this poor lady got you. And she was a big lady. How'd she get shoved? That in was that all. Well? That was everyone's question. He, yes. Okay. This is so morbid, but kind of funny at the same time. He was a little skinny guy. She was a big fat lady. How do you? How's the little skinny guy get the big fat lady into the tiny well? I don't know. And a well, you, it's not a well like you think of with you pull. You know, you wheel the bucket up from the well. These are maybe. 25 centimeter, a foot and a half tubes that just runs, you know, 80, 80 baby meters Jessica. down. Baby, do you think baby Jessica? <laughs> no one knows about baby Jessica. Everyone knows baby Jessica. Nobody, babe, nobody remembers <laughs> baby Jessica. Where is she now? Never forget. <laughs> that is poor taste. Anyway, um, we just thought we'd give you that follow up. <laughs> there was that update. Oh, yeah. Happy times. Good times. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for so listening. Thanks so much for listening. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.